Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 46. So today's episode, we're going to be discussing um, some research tactics that you can use anywhere, but these are um, specific to New York City. New York, New York, as they say. Nice. Um, One of our listeners, Autumn, had asked if we would talk about New York City, and I think there's... um, Oh, and my, well, my colleague Mary in Cologne. Hi, Mary. Shout out to you again. Um, she is always asking me to get New York City records for her uh, in Germ- for Germany, but she wants certified records. And that's, I mean, New York is hard sometimes, but certified are almost impossible. So thank you, Mary, for always asking me for certified New York records. I appreciate <laughs> it. So, but before we get into the New York uh, City records and what you can and can't do there. Uh, we're going to talk about wine, as we always do. Of course. But today, we do have a wine to talk about, which is the Arbalist 2015, and it is a Bordeaux blend, and it's it's really good. And and you hardly ever like the red I, wine. I know. We, I finally, finally found one that you it's like. It's really good, and it's got a beautiful label. It does have a beautiful label, yeah. An archer with a, or a, a crossbow. Which is the Arbalist guy yeah Mm -hmm. um but i wanted to just let you all know if you're doing you've got some time on your hand and you want to see some cool wine labels um i keep going back to one of my favorite places which is tooth and nail winery and they've got several different labels uh there they have the rabble wines which i love and i'll talk about that in a second the tooth and nail they have stasis and uh amor fati but the tooth and nail ones, um, they their labels are after John James Audubon's original Beasts of the Early 1830s. And they are fighting tooth and nail to oh. survive. So that's where they get the that's name. That's where nice. they get the name. Okay. So every one of these um, labels, um, there's the, um, can I even re- read my own writing? The, um, the snare, where a fox is caught in a snare, and it's a Chardonnay blend. And there's the possessor, which has two red-tailed hawks fighting to become the sole possessor of this, I think it's an egg, where they're, they're fighting over something. And then there's the fiend, which is a jaguar stalking its prey, which is a Merlot, Cabernet, and Petite Syrah. So it's, they're really beautiful labels. And as much as I like them, I love the rabble labels better. Mm-hmm. And the rabble labels are actually historical block prints from the Nuremberg Chronicles, mm-hmm. which was in the late 1400s. Mm-hmm. But these things are so fantastical. You know, there's an octopus mm-hmm. eating the they're, city. They're beautiful, yeah. The, a huge tornado. There's unicorns, dragons, tidal waves. They're just beautiful. They're just beautiful. And I encourage you all to go to the Tooth and Nail website. Um, just look at these labels. They're, and the wines are amazing as well. But the labels are gorgeous. So here's my question. Why have you not given me a bottle of these to try? Why have you not shared? I, I shared a long time ago. We shared. 
share I one. I don't think you'd share the tooth and nail. <laughs> Actually, I haven't had any of the tooth and nail. I had the Amor Fati. Um, I don't think you shared that I with didn't me. share that with yeah, you. Yeah, see? Very I know. <laughs> that I, I purchased after my wine tasting when I was kind of like, sure, I'll take that. Money is no object. Yeah, that was, my husband reminds me of that on a almost daily basis. Well, I know that I know that your husband does not drink wine, so I'm he wondering who say. you shared that bottle with. Well, because it wasn't me. I shared it. Um, I shared it with my you did not. daughter. You and didn't share her it. Son-in-law. I did after they had their full baby, my my grandchild. I shared it. Get yeah, right. Yeah, no. I shared, okay. I shared I, I, some I of it. I don't. I don't <laughs> <a lot>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Let's get right. to this um, New York City. Research. New York City is so much fun because it, it's so it? cosmopolitan because you have immigrants coming into this country and um, you've got so many different um, ethnicities and, and people from other places come. It's just, um, you know, I mean, I just, I wish I could have been there in 1900. It would been so cool. I, I'll agree with that. That, okay. would be, that would have been cool. But, but today, if you're looking for records, you cannot get a divorce record there. Correct. No divorce records. Yeah. No vital records less than 50 years old. Mm -hmm. Good luck. Right. Um, you might be able to get a death certificate if you can prove you are a, uh, like next of kin or something like that. Maybe, Maybe. on a good day. Mm -hmm. The person mm -hmm. is in a good mm -hmm. mood. Mm -hmm. um, no birth uh, records after 1909. Right. Good, you know, just right. forget it. Right. Not happening. Right. Mary, Mary, are you hearing this? <laughs> <laughs> Probate is available if you submit a written request or you show up in Correct. person mm -hmm. or send an actual you researcher can get, there. Yes, you can get probates, which is great. Mm -hmm. And cemetery records are searchable, but you have to pay for it and pay dearly. Right. The cemeteries won't give you any information in the, about their records unless you pay for the search. But there's workarounds. Yes. We're so, going to talk about workarounds. So tell us what it's we can do. It's still a lot of fun to research in, for New York City. Because New York City is different than the rest of New York State. We're just really going to be focusing on New York City. Um, so the first thing I always do, no matter where I'm researching, is I always go census records first. I like census records because you can quickly kind of sketch out the whole family. You can kind of get ideas of where they're from, what their ages are. But New York, New York State uh, is one of those states that also did their own state census, census enumeration. So in addition to the um, federal census, which was enumerated every 10 years, in between, New York State did censuses from about 1825 to 1925. That's the good Very news. Very helpful. Bad news is... 1911, there was a fire in Albany, and all the census records for the state were destroyed. Awesome. Exactly. <laughs> so, luckily, these wonderful court clerks kept copies of their county's census records. So they've been able to, um, up until 1911, um, go back and recreate some of those earlier census records. So they're going to be spotty um, up until the 1915 state census. Um, for example, unfortunately, New York City, the 1855 census was completely lost. Other censuses, maybe they might have one borough, but not the other borough, another borough, things like that. But still, it, it helps us um, 
in between those 10 years for the federal census again, because in New York, most people did not own their property. They were moving around from apartment to apartment um, as um, different real estate was developed within the different boroughs. So we can keep track of our, our ancestors as they moved around the city. So those state censuses are gonna help us um, keep track of where our ancestors were located, but the state census also have the relationships um, to the people in the household, the country of birth, and the occupations. And I love the occupations because, first of all, you're in a, a city environment, so you're not going to be seeing farmer, farmer, farmer. You're going to have a more specific occupation usually, and that's going to help you when it comes to those more common names. Um, even the not so common names, it's just, it always amazes me how someone with an uncommon name always has someone else of the same name who was born about the same time period. So these little nuances within the census records are going to be very helpful. Um, I researched an Irish immigrant named um, John Carroll, and I was able to locate documents specific to him because his occupation was a sign hanger. So every census he said sign hanger or some variation of that and the marriage record had sign hanger on it. So I was able to isolate him from all the other John Carrolls in New York City who were of Irish um, origins to follow him through the census records and then obtain other records um, because I had his occupation. So then you can see where he moved throughout the city. Correct. As the years progress. Correct. And then, you know, I tied that with his name, with his age, and then, um, yes, was able to watch where mm -hmm. he moved and, mm -hmm. and where he was. So, um, you know, the, the other way, the other way that you can use these census records um, I was I had two men who were in the same family, different branches of the family, but with the same name, and born about the same time period. So I didn't know which one to put in which family. I didn't know who the parents were. So what I did was I used the um, World War One draft card that had their full birth date, the date, the the um, the day and the year, and their address. So that World War I draft card was uh, reported about 1917, 1918. I went to the 1915, 1915 state census and the 1920 U.S. census, used that address, located the, the men with those names, found the address, and then I was able to put them with the right family. So that way I could then isolate them into, okay, these this guy goes with this family and this guy goes with this family. And then once I had their exact birth date, I could then sort them through Social Security Death Index. I knew which one was which and when they died. So that was a way. Using the census with the address, I was able to then figure out which man um, went with which family. Um, but as most, um, in most censuses, we never know exactly who the informant was. So you always have to continue to do research to verify the information in the census um, because it could have been a family member who reported it. It could have been a neighbor who reported it. You just aren't sure. And I think that's the hardest thing, too, mm -hmm. is when you find something in the census, you're super excited about it. You're like, got it. Mm -hmm. Got that job. Right. You know, even the occupation or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you have to remember, 
who gave that, who, you know, to check who gave that information. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. And many times we have families who um, had children out of wedlock, had grandparents who were raising children, who were raising grandchildren as their own. We have aunts and uncles who are taking in um, nieces and nephews, calling them their own. You know, so we have these familial adoptions or just, you know, other family members coming into the household that might be reported as children when it's really the neighbor who's reporting that information. We don't know who reported it, so we really have to verify. I have a, um, not in New York City, but also uh, in West Virginia, um, an ancestor looking at when they were a child, they're not listed with the parents, they're not listed with the grandparents. Mm -hmm. you know, as the story goes, the, the mother was um, unwed at that time, so you know, who knows where this child was living right. at the time when the census taker came mm -hmm. through and you know gave that information they might have been well they're staying with them now and then two mm -hmm. weeks later they came back here and then the census takers over there and oh well they're not there now so somehow he's not on right the census right as a child yeah. right I was just reading an article um, in a um, Florida magazine business magazine that the 1900 and 19 excuse me, the 20, the, the um, 2000 census and the 2010 census, how many people were left off that census because they didn't return the form, the enumerator who went out, the field worker who went out couldn't find them at home, and so they used estimates to determine who was living there. So even in the 21st century, we're still missing people off the census with all the technology that we have. So That's crazy. It is. Yeah. So census is definitely the best tool to start with in your research for New York City because, again, you have a census every five years, which is um, wonderful. I, I, with one caveat, I believe um, the census in 1895 actually occurred in 1892. So, <laughs> <laughs> But still, you know, when we don't have that 1890 census, we've got an 1892 yes. state census, so that's yes. a great thing, right? That is a great thing. Yep. Um, so then vital records. So vital records can be great. Um, if you but, can get them. Right. <laughs> if you can get them. So um, birth records are available for New York City up until 1909. Um, Ancestry has the birth indexes from um, 1878 to 1909. Family Search has birth certificates starting around 1866. However, I believe you have to go to a family history center or look at the look at the microfilm uh, to be able to actually see those certificates. However, again, they are indexed and the indexes are very good and they do list parents' names, birth dates, and things like that. So you can get some information off of those up until 1909. This whole thing of New York City is mm -hmm. just making me nuts. It's <laughs> but it reminds me of this children's book. It's called That's Good, That's Bad. And it's, it's just this story where, like, somebody gives information like, oh, you can get these records on the mm -hmm. census. Oh, that's good. Oh, but they were burned. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> but the clerks <laughs> redid this. Oh, that's good. But, <laughs> oh, that's bad. <laughs> like, every, at every turn, you come up with something good, but there's it's something bad. bad. <laughs> but go ahead. Continue right. on. So... If you find that um, you do find the birth certificate in that it's, it's indexed, 
and you do have a certificate number, you can always go to the New York City Municipal Archives online and order a copy. That's so, good. That's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, marriages, um, marriage records in New York City are wonderful documents because they list the parents' names, they list the occupation, they list the age, so you can get a lot of genealogical information off of these New York City birth certificates. You, I mean, the marriage certificates. You definitely want to get those mar- those marriage records, and those are available um, up until the last fifty years. So if the if the couple married um, prior to the you know fifty one years ago or more, you can get those records again through um, the New York City Municipal Archives. Um, they have them from. Um, 1908 to 1947 but if it goes into the 60s then you can get them from the um, New York City clerk Um, death certificates prior to 1949 are also available for copies um, through the municipal archives other indexes that are very useful these have been around for a while Um, the German genealogical group website they have they index the early records. That's a great website to go to. As is the it, um, ItalianGen.org. Um, I've used that one for years for indexing, um, especially the marriages. Those are both great websites. Uh, another w- wonderful website, um, another wonderful group is called Reclaim the Records. They are actually going into court and um, getting. Um, legally removing the barriers to obtaining copies of our ancestors records not only in new york new york city but throughout the united states so they've done stuff in new jersey uh, other places so i would definitely um, recommend that you go to reclaim the records you're not going to see the image particularly but you're going to see the indexes and you can see even in new york city the um, marriages indexed you may not be able to get a copy of the record because it's um, newer than than 50 years, but you can at least get the date that that couple was married, so you can verify the date of marriage. Do they, um, does, does New York City, again, if you are the child of the married couple, married couple is deceased, you want to get your parents' marriage records, is there, they're going to be iffy on that? They're going to be iffy on that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can try um, after 50 years, it's, it's open to the public. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's open to the public. Yeah. So, um, so definitely look for the marriages again, both ancestry and family, um, search have, um, many of them indexed, um, on, on their websites, but there's also these other, um, websites that I would highly recommend that you check out. And again, um, reclaim the records. They're going into court with lawyers and they're actually winning, um, you know, it's kind of like the Freedom of Information yes, Act, you know, to awesome. get at least indexes available to us so we know where those records are located. Um, newspapers are another um, excellent genealogical resource. Um, newspapers can be intimidating and or unavailable for New York City. Um, one great resource is the New York Genealogical and Biographical uh, Society. They have a wonderful website. You do have to join, but they do have the New York Times obituary indexes indexed from um, 1858 to 1968. 
That's incredible. So you yeah. can find um, the obituary there, and then you have to go to the New York Times archives. They have a link, and then you can um, get uh, the obituary from the New York Times archive. Of course, there's also newspapers.com and genealogy bank, our go-tos. Don't forget the Library of Congress. And then there is also the New York State Historical Newspapers. It's actually nyshistoricnewspapers.org. They have a lot of historic newspapers from New York throughout the state, um, but that's also a good place to go to for um, newspaper articles and obituaries. Yeah, newspapers, newspapers are great, especially uh-huh. for a place like New York City that you sure. can't get the actual documents. Exactly. But you can get these secondary uh-huh. Um, sources for mm-hmm. exactly yes absolutely yeah. um, one wonderful resource that I just recently ran into um, was because we have so many immigrants coming into New York um, the Catholic parishes for um, Italian immigrant families Irish immigrant families Catholic parish records have now been transcribed from New York City um, on find my past that's awesome. And um, up to about 1918, you can get baptismal records transcribed. Now, you need to know the parish. Well, no, you don't need to know the parish because you can go in and just put the person's name and it, they will come up. And then you'd have to go um, line by line because they're different parishes. But I was amazed. It was wonderful. And they are transcribed. It's not the actual document, but the parents' names are there, the birth date's there. So now you know, once you get that parish... Then you can start looking for other records, cemeteries, things like that. Yeah. So, Find My Past again is a paid subscription. It is a paid subscription, oh. yes. Yeah. Um, but a wonderful resource for those um, Catholic families in New York City. And and if this is your if this is your goal, and this is for anywhere, like if New York City or anywhere else that you have a concentration of your ancestors, and you find places like this um, or um, websites that are a paid subscription, it's well worth it to, to be, uh, join that organization Absolutely. for at sure. least a short period of time to mm-hmm. do your research and get all the documents yes. you can out of there. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to join Find My Past forever, but join it for a year or a month or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just hit it hard with mm-hmm. everything that you, mm-hmm. you need to do and then get out. Right. Um, and the New York... Um, genealogical and biographical um, society they have um, not only do they have a wonderful these databases online but they have great resources for you to go on to look to see what documents are available uh, and what aren't because they were lost or or burned Um, and then you also in addition to that get um, a wonderful quarterly um, publication as well as a monthly publication from them so you do get a lot for that um that um, subscription. So if you're doing New York research, um, like you said, you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to concentrate mm-hmm. on my New York family right now, then that's where you should put your, your resources. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be well worth it. And for and for any area that you're concentrating on, find an organization like that mm-hmm. that would, would have exactly. something. And then New England, New England Genealogical mm-hmm. Society, did I get that mm-hmm. right? Um, or genealogical historical mm-hmm. society. Yep. Um, they're a wonderful resource mm-hmm. if you're doing anything anywhere in the Northeast. Exactly. You know, and yes. they have records for other places as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, if you're concentrating up there, mm-hmm. that's well worth it to mm-hmm. join, for, mm-hmm. even for a year, mm-hmm. and hit it hard. Do yeah. all your research, get everything you can out of there, and right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. 
Um, we talked a little bit about the military records again. There's World War One, World War Two um, draft cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, I was working on a case uh, on a, a case at work, and there was an individual who he was born in the Midwest. He lived in Los Angeles in about 1916. But all of a sudden, I, f- I picked him up um, in the New York City area on a passenger list. It was actually a troop list for World War One. He had either been drafted or, or he had enlisted, and he was shipping out from Brooklyn, going over to France. To um, He was actually a mechanic, so he was assigned to a, a mechanical um, division. But um, it listed his next of kin and where that next of kin was located. So it listed a name, a relationship, and an address for that individual who happened to be back in the Midwest. And then a year later, here he comes back. He's arriving in Hoboken, and it says that he's been he's assigned to a camp that was there locally for a short period of time because the war had ended. So even if you don't have anyone who was living and residing in New York City, they may have traveled through there during the war years. Yes, that's awesome. So, um, and speaking of immigrants, I mean, New York City is where so many of our ancestors came um, this was their first stop um, from the old world to the new world. And um, so passenger lists, naturalization records, passport applications, all extremely important. We need to be looking at those. Most of the passenger lists, now we have to remember that not all immigrants came through Ellis Island. Um, Ellis Island um, was only established in 1892. And it was in service until 1924. Prior to that, between 1821 and 1891, Castle Garden uh, or Castle Clinton um, down in the Battery was where immigrants came through. And that's where my grandfather came through. And you can look up those records online, too. There is a website Absolutely. for Castle Garden. Mm-hmm. And, that's what, and that's a very good point um, because, yes, these... Um, Passenger lists are on Ancestry. They're also on Family Search, but I would encourage everyone to go to their actual websites for um, these particular um, locations and look um, on those as well. Mm-hmm. So because absolutely, um, and not only that though, there's several other ports. I mean, Baltimore, mm-hmm. Canada, New Orleans that people came into. People, sure, yeah, Charleston. Yes. So just mm-hmm. because you can't find them in Castle Boston. Garden or Ellis Island doesn't mean that's not you know. They, they didn't come through. Sure. They could have ended up yeah. in New York um, coming through Boston. Yeah. Or, like you said, Baltimore, someplace like that. So check fam- check Ancestry, Family Search, Ellis Island um, Foundation, Castle Garden, um, those websites as well. And make sure that when you're looking, you check two, two pages because oftentimes there are two pages to those um, passenger lists, and you need to follow the line number wherever you find your ancestor's name there's a number next to it. Follow that to the next page. It's going to tell you either where they came from and who they left there. There's going to be a person possibly listed to who they left over there or the destination and who is at that destination. It's going to be an uncle, a friend, someone's name and an address. And that could very well be a relative or a clue as to relationships. So make sure you check front and back, go one page back, go one page forward. Uh, Always look for the complete record because it could be more than one page. And I will say too, like we always say, as as you're doing all this research and you're looking at all these places, 
keep your record, keep your log, so you don't have to go back later and go, oh, did I look yes, at that? Did absolutely. I, did I go there? I can't Good remember. Point. And then you, mm-hmm. you don't want to re- re-research things you've already researched, so keep a log, even if it's just writing notes down. Mm-hmm. Um, keep a record of where you've been. Absolutely. Yes. Um, because, yeah, you're going to waste time otherwise. Yeah. Naturalization records, again, multiple pages. Don't just take that first page and be done with it. Um, Ancestry has a lot of the New York City um, um, naturalization records. But you need to check for there's three documents that um, someone who um, obtained citizenship through naturalization would have filled out. The intention um to naturalize the petition for naturalization and then finally the oath and on the oath page it's going to have their signature and it might have the witnesses names but it's also going to have a check mark approved or denied so that's important to look at there's a multiple pages there might be some other things in that naturalization um, record that you may not even be aware of there might be affidavits in that file so you need to go forward and backwards and make sure that you see everything that's in there about your ancestor very recently um my friend mary in cologne was looking at a naturalization record and she found an affidavit in this record that the the applicant was actually denied citizenship because he had um contracted into a bigamous marriage and there was an affidavit in the naturalization record that outlined his wow. first marriage, his second bigamous marriage, mm-hmm. and then his third marriage, and the children that he had in those marriages. So, who knew that that would be in a naturalization record, but yes. now you have a complete picture of kind of his family yes. just in that record. Yes. So, And this might also be, just on a side note, a place where you're going to get a photograph of your ancestor. Absolutely, yes. You're going to get a description. It's always my favorite. It's the height, the hair color, the weight, yes, yes. the yeah. scars, yes. You really get that visual of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're going to find out where they were um, born, where they were married. They're, they're going to list their children, their children's birth dates, where they were born. So much information on those naturalization records. Yeah, those are great. If, if you only find an index for the more recent, um, I don't say more recent, but like, you know, from the 1940s or 50s, they may not be. Um, image, you can go to um, the National Archives online and order a copy of those records. And some of those records go up all the way into the 60s, depending on where your um, ancestor naturalized. So if it's just an index card, you can still get that from the natural Ar- National Archives. You just need to contact them. And it's yeah. it's a minimal fee to get to get that yeah ten dollars or something so yeah. well so worth bad. it. <clears throat> Passport applications are available um, to through nineteen twenty five and I believe those are are on Ancestry now so those are also um, great um, they might have some genealogical clues as to family members places of birth mm-hmm. things of things of that nature so. For refugees um, coming into the United States after the Second World War, um, the American Jewish Historical Society, they have databases of refugees coming in, um, 1955 to 1980. Excellent resource um, to get some um, vital information 
Um, so I definitely would check that out as well. And those are fairly recent. Yes, 1955 to 1980. Okay, so recent to me, you know, when I I think I had uh, seen something or it's like when you think 30 years ago, I don't think in the 1990s. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's 1970s. (laughs) We're getting getting older. Dating myself. Yeah, so I don't think the 80s are that far. (laughs) (laughs) Right? It was just, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Cemetery records. Okay, we talked about that a little bit. Um, most of the cemeteries, in my experience, um, you have to pay and pay a, a, a nice fee for them to search their cemetery records. You know, one of the first memories I have, the first time that we I flew to New York, <clears throat> the New York City area, I think I was probably 10 years old, approximately. And this was the budding genealogist in me because the first image I have of New York City is these massive cemeteries Mm. from the air just going oh my gosh look how huge those cemeteries are i wasn't looking at the skyline i was looking at the cemeteries cemeteries 10 years old it's sad (laughs) (laughs) but there's new york (laughs) right no look at this huge cemetery Um, you have to pay to find (laughs) out where your ancestor is yeah so my workaround for um the new york city area is first of all the reason that it's important is especially if you have um someone from um, let's say irish um ancestry and you're they will have on their grave markers the county in ireland where they came from so it's very important that you do find um cemetery information reach out to those find a grave volunteers find one someone who is uploading images on find a grave email them directly contact them and say i'm looking for these people can you help me i've had wonderful luck with them they are more than happy to run out there and find those images for you if they are available so that's my workaround for cemetery records that's a good tip in in new york that's a good tip so or for anywhere I mean, use find a great people. Some, you know. Exactly. Yes. We love to go out in cemetery hunt. Right. To reach out. Yeah. Yep. So that's my work around there because yeah, again, um, there's going to be some clues on those grave markers. There's going to be multiple people on those grave markers. Remember, this is um, a metropolitan area. People are going to be buried, you know, in those families. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So there's going to be more, you know. The, the 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 immigrant and then her children her his or her children are going to be all on there so um it's it's important to do um but you can do it economically so um resources for more information and if you have a specific question please email us um about you know any specific uh, research problem that you're having um, but the New York Genealogical and Biographical Society I would highly recommend you t- checking out their website the Family Search um, New York New York Wiki it's also a gr- has oh my gosh huge amount of resources there and um, these subscriptions you know, we've talked about a, a lot of subscription things. Um, Find my past mm-hmm. and, um, and ancestry, my heritage, but, my yeah. heritage, right? But you can go to the library, and the libraries have yes. these subscriptions for free. Yes, use so. your library. We've I mm-hmm. can't. Well, y'all know have how much we've talked about how much we love the library and librarians, mm-hmm. and 
um, how wonderful what a wonderful resource right. they are yes you can use all that for yep. free there and the family history centers as well um, you know they don't they don't send the tapes out the microfilm out anymore but they do have images available you just have to go to those centers they're still there and yeah. then look and utilize their services as well so yeah. you can do this um, you know low cost so for yeah. sure yeah so. but again you know if it's somewhere you're gonna research heavily for a little while Put in the money, get the subscription, mm -hmm. go hard, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. get everything you can mm -hmm. out of that yep. that resource, and then, you know, yep. then you're done. Right. Um, and, and the other alternative is to hire a genealogist who's in the New York City area, and they don't have to be in the New York City area. They could be in New Jersey. I have a very good, mm -hmm. I know a very good genealogist who's in New Jersey just across, and he goes into the city all the time. He's a wonderful genealogist. So. Yes. Um, go to the Association of Professional Genealogists. Look for someone on that list. They would be more than happy to help you with your research <clears throat> locally if you need something that's um, beyond what you can find yeah. online, too. So. Sometimes you do just have to mm -hmm. re reach out and, mm -hmm. and hire somebody. Because it's, to help it's you. cheaper than you doing a flight and mm -hmm. hotel and you know all the transportation and everything. It, it still is going to be cost effective because they know the area, they know the records, they know exactly where to go. So. It could be well worth it. Yeah, for sure. So, all right, that's all we have. But please email us if you have any other questions. I know it's kind of a quick overview, but um, and again, these tips lot. will work anywhere you're researching. It's true, not just yeah. in, in mm -hmm. New York City. Mm -hmm. Although there are some specific uh, places that Amy mentioned, and we'll put those up in a blog post um, about this. And I. While Amy was talking, I drank all my wine. Oh, you did like this red wine. We finally found a red wine you really love. Okay. Until, Until next, time. next time. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly and never drink around genealogical documents.